This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out along with Paul Stone talking some college basketball for the Saturday slate. And you know, the NFL, their doubleheader starts about, what, 4.30 and 8 o'clock. Uh, they, uh, now, if the Miami Buffalo officiating team has it, I mean, uh, the Giants feel it, and the Eagles may start about midnight. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got really some good basketball matchups early. Uh, in the day uh, that we'll talk about before you even get to that football. So look, some appetizers in a college basketball scene. Uh, Paul, uh, let's start off with uh, the noon Eastern tip-off on ESPN. So you got uh, three of the three of the six games we're going to discuss are on uh, ESPN. Duke, uh, life after Krzyzewski, four and three uh, in the ACC uh, hosting Miami. Miami is the ranked team here. You know, it's kind of that unranked team favored over a, a ranked team. Duke is the unranked team. Interesting here. Uh, Miami is 6-2 and two in the league, number 17 in the country. Maybe a little bit of a mismatch on the bench with Jim Laranega against John Shire. But your your general thoughts about the Dukes post Krzyzewski, and we're looking at projecting the line to be around a six-point favorite at Cameron Indoor? You know, that, that's that's my thought. I think it'll be about uh, six, Jimmy. And, you know, like a lot of college teams, Miami uh, has been better at home than, than on the road. Uh, that's no great revelation. But you look at this Miami team, they lost at North Carolina State in overtime this past Saturday. And then in their previous road game, uh, they fell to Georgia Tech by six points. And Georgia Tech, uh, you know, one of the weaker teams in the ACC. In fact, I believe that's their only conference victory uh, to date is is over Miami. And, and looking at this Duke team, again, post uh, Krzyzewski with John Shire, the longtime assistant now in his first year, you know, there's certainly been some some drop-off. There's no question about it. I mean, they've got a, a nice uh, seven-footer in uh, Kyle Filipowski, who's, a, again, a nice piece in the middle for the Blue Devils. But you know, I, I think it's almost, I don't want to say inevitable, but uh, it seems like when you have a legend that, that steps down that there's almost always going to be some level of drop-off. And you look at their conference performance, which obviously this is a key conference game on Saturday. Uh, the Blue Devils, they've only covered against the spread one of their seven ACC games to date. And Duke even uh, fell out of the polls this week after they lost uh, 72-64 this past weekend at Clemson. Uh, you talk about these unranked teams uh, beating ranked teams. When an unranked team has been favored against a ranked team, historically that's been uh, an angle that some betters have taken. And I think last 
Saturday, there were five such games where the, and I'm, I might be wrong, but I think this is correct, that five unranked teams were favored over the ranked opponent, of course, on their home team, on their home court, the unranked team. They covered all five. And then we had two more last night where unranked teams were favored against ranked teams. I know West Virginia beat TCU in one of those games. And Missouri over Arkansas. And Missouri over Arkansas. So uh, there's been some success <laughs> looking at that angle. But with all that said, I'm going to go a little bit the other way. It's not one of my bigger plays of the week. It's going to be a smaller play, but say for a medium uh, cheese pizza uh, and maybe a soft drink, uh, I could, uh, you know, I'll take a shot at Miami, Florida, if we can get plus six or better there. I, I, I'm, I'm on Miami as well. Again, it's a, it's a fade or pass uh, with the, uh, the the John Shire-led uh, Duke Blue Devils. Uh, like you said, one in six ATS uh, in conference play. Uh, and Larinaga, man, I was I was in Indianapolis when he got the uh, George Washington uh, team all the way to the Final Four, upsetting number one UConn in uh, D.C. in the regional final in overtime. Man, the guy can flat out coach, you know that. And you mentioned that uh, NC State game. That's a tough place to play at Raleigh this year, as Duke. They were blasted uh, when they went uh, just across town uh, to Raleigh. They lost very close, very close, did Miami uh, on Saturday. So it seems like a lot of points. What's your range on this, uh, Paul? Would you dip down to five uh, as much as that? That's kind of where my stopping point is on uh, taking these points on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I, I said plus six or better, but, you know, I, okay. could, I could take five. I wouldn't I wouldn't take uh, – I certainly wouldn't take any less than, than five. You know, I kind of – I'm pretty uh, – pretty much a stickler kind of get to that uh, that point where you don't uh, see value anymore right. but I could see taking taking five and I'm thinking this line's going to be around six at the open so I'm hoping to get six uh, with Miami plus the points we need some discipline on this podcast Paul because I am a little bit reckless when it comes to I'm not, it's hard for me to sit there and watch a game without a little action so uh, but we both have a lean on Miami so put it together uh, we'll uh, we'll take the uh, take the ranked team uh, there. And like you said, even at college football, which we do a lot of, obviously, that's number one uh, in our hearts. But the unranked favorite over ranked is usually, it's almost an autoplay uh, for me. And what, 19 times out of 20? Well, the un- the favorite team is at home, especially in college basketball. There's no bigger uh, home court or field advantage than college hoops. All right, let's move on. So that's a, a noon a tip off on ESPN. Then one hour later, a 1 p.m. Eastern tip-off on CBS. It's the number two Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas finally loses a close game. So they're they're now 5-1 and one in Big 12 play. Five of the six games are just have been decided by four or less. They uh, How about Bill Self calling a timeout? Up one with about 20 seconds to go right before his player hits a three at the top of the key. It's waved off. They get a poor shot. The uh, the alley-oop possession by Kansas State. And Kansas State finally gets over Big Brother in that in-state matchup. Now, uh, TCU, they were, they went to, uh, again, they were the ranked team that was underdog at West Virginia. And West Virginia jumped out to a big lead. TCU got it all the way down to two. And then uh, West Virginia stretched it out to an 11-point win. Uh, so now they're on the road again, Morgantown to Lawrence here. Again, do you Kansas, are they finally going to beat somebody handily? We're projecting this line to be about a seven-point favorite, Kansas over the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the closeness of, of Kansas's victories in the conference. And first of all, you know, the Big 12, in my mind, clearly 
uh, the nation's top basketball conference. I'm not sure it's even really that close. It's I mean, not. you look at the bottom of the league. You got Texas Tech at 0-6. They played for the national championship just four seasons ago, and they're 0-6. And then talking about the, the West Virginia team that TCU fell to last night, you know, that's just their first league win of the season, beating uh, TCU last night 74-65 to get to 1-5 in league play. But what I lead into is the Mountaineers, they're going to be hosting Texas. We're going to talk about this game a little bit later, but they're going to be hosting seventh-ranked Texas on Saturday, ninth place in a 10-team conference, and they might be favored over a top-10 team. So that just shows you the balance of the conference. But I kind of digress because we're talking about TCU going to, to Kansas here. And, and TCU, um, you know, they're, they're stumbling a little bit. With last night's defeat, they've lost – three of their last four games. Uh, they're going to be facing a hungry Kansas team, as you mentioned, off that uh, disappointing uh, overtime loss, 83-82 at Kansas State uh, on Tuesday. And prior to that, as you mentioned as well, uh, the Jayhawks had won uh, their first five conference games, but four of those victories by four fewer points. You look at Kansas's last four uh, home games that we talk about, uh, that they failed to cover. They failed to cover those games at home by an average of 6.5 points per game. All four of TCU's losses this season, single digits by nine or fewer points. So they've kept games close. They're a desperate team as TCU. I like TCU at plus seven or better. So I'm looking for seven points here or more with the TCU Horn Frogs at Kansas. All right. So Paul's got the uh, Horn Frogs to bounce back and play a close game. <clears throat> at uh, Fog Allen. All right, 2 p.m. Eastern tip-off on ABC. It's uh, Arizona and UCLA. Bruins, number five in the country against the Wildcats at number 11. Bruins, 7-0, undefeated uh, in uh, conference play. Arizona, only 4-3. and three. They've kind of kind of uh, leveled off, uh, dipped since that uh, Maui Classic Championship blowing out San Diego State uh, in a great game against uh, Creighton there. So they'll have lost uh, three games. Bruins, not only are they winning, but uh, not just a conference played overall, they're outscoring their opponents by 17 points a game. And so you got guys like uh, Campbell and Jaquez who have been through so many big games. That's a lot of experience uh, for, uh, for a team like uh, UCLA. So uh, they did have close games in conference play at Washington State and at home against USC. Had a big lead against USC, and they came back. Here's my angle on this one, Paul. You tell me if you agree. I think UCLA will get Arizona's attention. And when you're talking about uh, a, a roster that is really impressive, Tabellis and Balo, the 6'11 and 7-foot combination down, uh, down low. Uh, the guards can be a little inconsistent, but when they're hitting – um, that uh, they're really explosive. We think at home those young guards will shoot a little bit better. I look for a big effort uh, out of Arizona, projecting to catch a point uh, at home in uh, in Tucson. 2 p.m. Eastern tip-off on ABC. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Arizona's hot start. I mean, college basketball, if you end up playing in that Monday game in early April, you know, college basketball is a five-month season, so there's bound to be some ebbs and flows in the course of that season. Uh, and Arizona certainly came out of the, the gate smoking. Uh, they got off to that 6-0 and start, won the Maui Invitational, as you mentioned, uh, ascended all the way to number four in both uh, major polls. And, and to me, I'm not saying I necessarily thought they were going to be a, a Final Four team, but they were certainly, I 
certainly one of the teams you'd have to consider for the Final Four. You know, they looked as, as good as anybody in the early going. Uh, and as you also pointed out, they've come back to, to earth a little in the new year. Uh, they've lost two of their last three, and that included kind of a head-scratcher, a 13-point uh, loss at home to Washington State, who's a pretty good uh, you know, major conference uh, basketball team, but not a, a great team, certainly. And then you look at UCLA. Meanwhile, uh, this is a Bruin team, in my mind, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball. They've won 13 straight games, uh, many of those in convincing fashion. You talked about the guys that they have uh, that were on that Final Four team from just two seasons ago, uh, most notably their six-seven senior guard, uh, Jaime Jaquez, who averages right around 17 points a game. So a lot of leadership there. As we uh, tape here on uh, Thursday, uh, both teams have uh, games tonight, uh, Thursday, January 19th, before this game on Saturday, UCLA traveling to Arizona State, Arizona hosting USC. My initial thought, much like you, I I'm going to take a look at the talented home underdog in these situations as just a m matter of practice, typically. And, um, you know, kind of as you indicated, I think somewhat as well, you know, you you don't give the same amount of energy, the same amount of focus, the same amount of detail to every game, but this is a game that Arizona is going to be all in. You know, you would have to think uh, their collective team psyche, as I like to say, is going to be at a season high, and they're going to give their best punch. But I'm just a little afraid uh, to step in front of this UCLA freight train. Uh, it's probably the game that I'm most looking forward to watching uh, as a spectator uh, of all the games on Saturday. Uh, but in their current hot, you know, state that they are, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fade the Bruins. So this is a game that I'm absolutely gonna be on the sideline. But I'm gonna be pulling for you. I'm gonna be pulling for those Wildcats on Saturday. Yeah, early start a local time in Tucson as well uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, so uh, that's something to think. And you look a little closer at Arizona, and man, they share the ball. They're number two in the country. Uh, what is it? 361. We're at right now in Division One teams, Paul. Uh, number two in the country, almost 20 assists a game, but they also turn it over a lot. They're 310 in turnovers at right uh, just under 14. So uh, maybe that backcourt can kind of, you know, they're trying to share the ball. They just need to protect it a little bit more as they move forward. But this is a very dangerous team, extremely dangerous team. And when they're clicking, they, you know, they can go as far. I mean, they can go, they can go all the way. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're going to have a big effort on Saturday uh, against UCLA. Uh, at the same time, on the uh, parent uh, station, uh, ABC, ESPN, the Disney Umbrella, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern tip-off at Rupp Arena, Kentucky. After hitting a low point, they uh, they do win two in a row, including last Saturday, double-digit dogs winning by double digits against the Tennessee Volunteers. And then they follow it up with a come-from-behind uh, kind of uh, a win against uh, Georgia. Now, here's AM. They escape on uh, Wednesday night with a two-point win. They're up five with like 12 seconds to go. All of a sudden, Florida has the ball down two and a chance to steal it from them. But AM is the, uh, the lone undefeated team in conference play in the SEC at 5-0. and Buzz Peterson with that vest and sweat look. He likes to sweat with the with that vest. Look, uh, A and M. We're looking at Kentucky five and a half, and also the total we're in, uh, peaks both of our interests at one forty. Again, it's a two p.m. Eastern tip off on ESPN. 
Yeah, this is, first of all, looking at A&M, you know, this is a team riding a seven-game winning streak, uh, as you mentioned, 5-0 and in SEC play. Uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, you know, I think it's important to, to point out that their current run in conference play hasn't exactly come against the, the league's upper echelon, uh, but that's about to change. Uh, they're playing, uh, as we're talking about here, at Kentucky on Saturday, and then they also face Auburn and Arkansas as part of their next four games. But this A&M team, the recent surge, uh, largely due to its defense uh, in five, the five conference wins, they're giving up only 57.6 points per game. Their opponents in those five games only shooting 35% from the field, so really playing outstanding defense. You know, Kentucky, for most of the year, they haven't resembled, you know, Kentucky teams uh, of the past. Uh, they bottomed out uh, early last week with that 71-68 home loss uh, to South Carolina, uh, one of the bottom teams in the SEC. But they uh, did recapture, you know, a little bit of their uh, past glory in these last two games, uh, won both of those. Uh, that included, again, the seven-point road win at uh, highly rated Tennessee that you mentioned you know, I project this line again around five or five and a half with the total uh, of 140. Found this note in my handicapping process, and I find this really interesting. This is going to be Kentucky's seventh game of the year with a single-digit point spread. So either the favorite or the underdog, simply a single-digit point spread. In the previous six with a single-digit point spread, Kentucky 0-6 against the spread. I think this is almost certainly going to be a single-digit spread. I think a and going to keep it tight. Need to get at least five points, hopefully more. But I like the Aggies plus the points and equal or maybe even a little bit more. So I like the under around 140 in that same game. I could tell you, Paul, uh, that 140, and you, you know, kind of stealing notes. Yeah, I had that uh, mark that in the five uh, conference wins averaging – you know, you're giving up around 57 and a half points a game. You said 57.6 to be exact. Um, this is in, in Kentucky. What turned it around? Okay. What did they do? Well, they just didn't all of a sudden go nuts from three point range. This is still a limited perimeter shooting team uh, for Calipari, but they got after it on defense on Saturday in Knoxville. And I mean, really locked down uh, Tennessee pretty good. Where that whatever you're 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 out of Bet Rivers, let's say Friday evening, Friday afternoon, start looking because I don't think that total is going to stay at 140 long. I'm looking to get on it. I'll go Paul Stone on you. Paul is is Vegas every Sunday when they give those college football lines. Get on it early. If it's around 140, Paul, <clears throat> I'm all over it as well. I just don't know if it's going to stay around very long at that number. So, uh, yes, both the, you like A&M. We both like the under in that one projecting to be around the 140 range. I'll go as low as minus uh, at under 136. Two more games to discuss that you have really circled as uh, the ones that you uh, like the best on this full Saturday card. Six o'clock Eastern tip-off on ESPN. Texas uh, had a lead in the first half against Iowa State. Iowa State rallies, ties it at half, and then they pull away and win going away by double digits against the Longhorns. Now Texas goes from from uh, Ames up to Morgantown, West Virginia, and projected to be around a one-point favorite over the M Mountaineers. Yeah, you look at this Texas team, and obviously it's been well chronicled uh, that they're 
second-year head coach Chris Beard uh, initially was uh, indefinitely suspended uh, amid allegations of domestic violence uh, and then was terminated earlier this month. And their interim coach, Rodney Terry, I think he's done a pretty good job of keeping the Longhorns, you know, from going uh, completely in the the ditch. But I think, uh, and I've thought all along, the Longhorns are going to start slipping somewhat at some point. Uh, and I believe that pattern has started. You know, Texas, again, off the 78-67 loss at Iowa State on Tuesday, a game they led by double digits in the first half. In their previous two games, both victories, the Longhorns trailed by double digits in the first half and rallied to win. This time they led by double digits over Iowa State and lost that game by double digits. So now they're going to uh, Morgantown, only their fourth true road game of the season for the Longhorns. Uh, in their other road games, they uh, won by Oklahoma uh, by just one point. They won at Oklahoma State by 10 points. But in that game in Stillwater, the uh, Cowboys were without their top rebounder, um, averaging 10 rebounds a game. So that was a significant absence for the Cowboys. Uh, and now they're going to West Virginia. You know, I view these teams pretty much as headed in opposite directions. You know, you've got a Texas team again that I believe is starting to show the effects of losing their leader in Beard. And then you've got a West Virginia team that's beginning to mesh and mold a mostly new team, quite frankly. I mean, he had to build this team through the transfer portal. This is, uh, you know, the, the age of, of college athletics that we're in. And West Virginia really demonstrates that by uh, the, the roster makeover that they had from uh, last season to this season. I also think this is going to be, you know, potentially a close game, obviously, with the line around Pickham. I think West Virginia has the coaching edge in Bob Huggins uh, over Rodney Terry. So I'm going to take the Mountaineers. I think Texas is going to be favored by one, might be pick them, uh, but I'm going to take the Mountaineers at minus one or better. All right. Uh, so uh, Bob Huggins with a big win on Wednesday night against TCU and uh, trying to keep it going. <laughs> you, you mentioned – at one, at one point, the Big 12, and there's no argument uh, by anybody uh, who what's the best conference in college basketball. Uh, they were hoping that, or at a chance, they might get all 10 in. Texas Tech has slid, and so they're probably out right now. They've got some work to do. But West Virginia is one of those teams. Uh, their NET, which is the updated RPI that the selection committee uh, does use, and I'll talk to some of the uh, – former members of the committee, and they love RPI in NET. Um, West Virginia, number 24, so easily in. Bubble range is around the 40s, and so they're easily in right now. And, you know, with that conference schedule, they're going to be pretty uh, much up there as well. They just have to win enough games. All right, one more. Only Paul Stone could go to Cal Baptist and Tarleton State to find something. But that's right. <laughs> you let me. I don't even know what Cal Baptist nickname is. The mascot. I'm not sure. The avocados. I don't know, Paul. I'm out for this one. Uh, at 10 p.m. Each a, a late night start on ESPN Plus. This is after the uh, the football games on Saturday. Cal Baptist projected to be a five point favorite at home against Tarleton State. What do you have here? Well, I'll say, first of all, uh, Jimmy, that the tickets on games played in Riverside, California, they cash just as easily as, as games played in Baton Rouge or Austin. So we're going to go to Riverside, California, and they are the Lancers, the California Baptist Lancers. And, you know, I, I think like a, a lot of guys, not all guys, certainly, but uh, many of us who, who seriously handicap college hoops, 
you know, a considerable portion uh, of our efforts are going to be focused on these so-called mid-majors or lesser conferences, and we kind of develop favorites. And I really uh, enjoy handicapping and watching, frankly, this Western Athletic Conference. It's a balanced league, uh, a fun league to watch, and uh, have really concentrated uh, quite a bit on it this season and had a little bit of success. But you look, first of all, at Cal Baptist. Uh, They've won three of their last four, and that includes a five-point home victory uh, this past Saturday over one of the league's preseason favorites, uh, Grand Canyon. So they beat Grand Canyon by five last Saturday, the 14th. When they play Tarleton State this Saturday, the 21st, it'll be their first game in a week. So they should be uh, you know, well-rested and focused and have really good preparation for Tarleton State. You look at this Tarleton State team, coached by former Kentucky coach uh, Billy Gillespie, they're, they're the epitome of a team that has that uh, dichotomy between home and road performance. They have played seven true road games this year. They're 0-7. They've played eight true home games. They're 8-0. They're obviously on the road uh, this Saturday in Riverside, California, against Cal Baptist, uh, the uh, Tarleton State uh, team, the Texans. They have to play at Seattle first, uh, that game tonight. Thursday, January 19th, as we tape. So they'll have to play a game two days before before uh, playing Cal Baptist. This is a, a line that I project around five points. I really like Cal Baptist here. I would take the Lancers up to six. So lay up to six points on Saturday with Cal Baptist over Tarleton State. All right, up to six points with the Lancers. You know, leave it up to Paul Stone to pull out some uh, Persian uh, cavalry history there with the long swords and the horses. There you go, Paul. Well, I'm learning something, Paul. You're teaching me something every day. So in reverse order, here's Paul's picks. Again, Cal Baptist, the Lancers, up to minus six over Tarleton State. West Virginia, plus one against Texas. He likes A&M, plus the five and a half. Uh, we both like the under projected to be around 140. Get on it quick, though. I think that's going to uh, move pretty quickly. And then Paul likes TCU plus the seven at Kansas. And we have that double lean with Miami plus the points uh, six or so at uh, Cameron Indoor. And my favorite pick is Arizona plus a point uh, at home against UCLA. I'll uh, go to pick or even up minus one and a half in that one. Good job, Paul Stone. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.